can't get enough Today FM breakfast with Grant, Ed and Ash, download the Today FM app and get the catch-up podcast now. Ladies and gentlemen, 104.1. Hello, good morning. How you doing? Today FM. G'day, legends. Happy Friday. Happy podcast day. Oh, no. Our producers just cleaned the board and I can't remember what's on the show. Wait a minute. We had Anthony Ray Hinton, the guy that spent 30 years on death row for a crime he didn't commit. Speaks to us from Alabama. And a bit, but so happy, like so happy joyous and joyous being. and full of hope yeah, considering what he's gone through. Adult, like older people with, with stuffed animals. Oh, yeah, that was It was weird. mostly people just dobbing on their weird mums though, wasn't it? That was weird. And imagine imagine if you stumbled, imagine if your father had decided to out of the blue, what was he, a, a truck driver? A truck and then driver, goes, an Irish truck driver who retired. You know what? I'm going to spend my time writing erotic fiction. Yeah, and then you found it and then read it out on a podcast and became a worldwide hit. Well, that's what's happened. Yep. His name is Jamie Morton. We spoke to him this morning as well. Enjoy the podcast. Have a wonderful day and a safe weekend. We'll catch you back here on Monday. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Good morning. How you doing? Today, Finn Breakfast. Maybe it's a brand new day. Grant Denya, Ed Cavalli and Ash London. Good morning. Hope you've had a wonderful sleep. For those of you who have done the night shift, I hope you have a wonderful sleep very, very soon. <laughs> Welcome to Today FM Breakfast Morning MC. Morning, Ash. You watched the Adam Goods doco last night. It was. Uh, I'd planned on going to bed early and being yeah, one of those people that got the rest. And mm. then it came on and I, I couldn't turn it off. Yeah, I want to hear about it later because I, I did want to watch that. Tough, tough watch. We'll get to that this morning. And we're going to chat to a guy on the show today. Imagine spending three decades mm. in solitary confinement on death row, condemned to die for a crime that you did not commit. Yeah, there was absolutely no evidence. He had alibis. It was... It, I can't... I cannot even imagine. We're going to hear his story a little later. 16 years it took for the lawyer yeah. to get the appeal to get him off. Yeah. And no one believed years. him. It was just his mother mm. and his best his mate. friend Lester. That was it. We're going to speak to Anthony Ray Hinton a little later on, but, for, but to kick us off. Yeah. If you want to win a $1,000 gym membership for you and a mate, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, winter's set in and you're a bit flabby. We all are. We'll do it together. Just want to tighten things up a little. Just tighten it up. Uh, we're going to play categories. Uh, we give you a category mm-hmm. and you've got to name uh, five things in that category. For instance, MC. Okay. You've got five seconds to name three items of jewellery. Uh, ring, necklace, earring. Done. That's, you, that's you, literally it. If you didn't work for Today FM Breakfast, you would totally win I the I could be off the gym for free. And, and, that you, easy. and you could come train with me because nah. you didn't take a button. Okay, fair enough. All right, so all you need to know is it is so damn easy to win. It's all thanks to Crunch Fitness, the original No Judgments gym with everything under one roof. If you want to head to the gym for free for 12 entire months. New category. All right, next category. How many categories? All right, we give you a category. All you got to do is give us five items that fit in that category. Easy. It's easy peasy lemon squeezy, but yesterday, maybe it was a bit early. Yeah. We beat everybody. Yeah. What was it? Three Sydney beaches in five seconds. Uh, Cronulla. And then he was no, like, was yeah, nah, it's all over. Gym membership for free for an entire year. If you want to play, it's it's easy. 13, 10, 16. Christine, Weatherall Park. Good morning, darling one. Good morning. Hi. Have you done anything exciting so far? Well, no, not really. Yeah, oh, not at this time. True. <laughs> I'm driving to work with my brother. She's on a radio station right now. That's There's exciting. your exciting thing. Exactly. That's exciting. And you could be a big winner if you can tell me in five seconds. Oh, are you serious? Who wrote this category? 
Oh, no. Oh, my smug AF producer, nah. Abby, is smiling like, it was me. Well, you know what? Maybe Christine can smash this out of the park. Oh, oh my God. What? We work in... I oh, know. Okay. Five oh. seconds to name three songs from 2017. Oh. Go. I'll give you ten seconds. Five songs from... Uh, uh. Yeah, it's a stupid category, to be fair. That's a know, stupid category. I know. And do you know what the annoying thing is, Christine? Even if you... Like, there are so many options that whatever songs you said, we'd have to sit here for five minutes and, and Google figure it out. to find out when they came out. Oh, that was idiotic. I think we should skip that category and go next one. Yeah. I'll give you... Guess what, Christine? It's a bit of a secret, but you still get a prize off air just yeah. for playing. So, okay. okay. That's okay. Thanks, so, yeah, good good Thanks guys. That's You're all right. Jack from Earlwood. Uh, yeah, no, it's the first time, although, Jack, you're going to bring us back from the depths of despair from the first category. You're ready to play, Jackie? Yeah, I am. Okay. I reckon you're going to get this one in the bag, mate. Are we on, are we on loudspeaker? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm driving to work. Okay. I suppose you yeah. can't. Okay, fine. All right. Five seconds to name three Leonardo DiCaprio movies. Go. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Titanic, and... Uh, no. So close, Jackie. You could have said Shatter Island, The Beach, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Inception, Romeo and Juliet. So many. So many. He was my first proper crush, Leo. I think he was every like oh, everybody. And, and Romeo and Juliet when he's looking through the fish tank. So oh, I felt all the weird feelings. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Emma in Penrith, good morning. Hi, lovely. How are you? Good, darling. Who was your first celebrity crush? Um, I'd probably have to say Channing Tatum. Oh, bit okay. of step up for he you. He still is. Yeah. I haven't got over him. Man, he's a sexy man. <laughs> All right. So hot. Your category is celebrity magazines. Give me three. Go. Um, new, new Women's Weekly, New IDR, Better Off. Yeah, no, the last one we can't take that. We, we can't take that. It's got to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there are any women's celebrity magazines that start with the F word. I don't. Maybe, I don't if believe there was so. A, there probably is a magazine that start that take has that word. Five. But it's probably the kind of magazine that you wouldn't find with the yeah. with without the yeah. cover over the yeah. front cover of it. Jamie, why are we here? We're here because my dad's written a porno. Your dad's written a porno. Erotic literature. <laughs> it is the podcast that I think every man and his dog has come across at least once over the past couple of years. My dad wrote a porno and the man behind it, Jamie Morton, joins us on Today from Breakfast. Hey, Jamie. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. I remember the first time I listened to uh, this. I was in a, um, a long road trip with my husband and we were playing it and it's very graphic. It's out there. It is. I know. I'm sorry. Did you get excited of the husband? I did. No, I, I, I got a bit like, Ugh. Oh, really? We found you. You're the first person to get turned on by my dad. But wow. not like seriously aroused, but some of it is a bit like you start to have the thoughts yeah, and yeah, imagine yeah, it yeah. all. It's and, a lot. It's a lot. But yeah. it's not sexy. And when you, not at all. When you, write, when you read it, you're like, this is awkward as yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's 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 just the worst thing ever written. Let's be honest. I mean, it it's really it's is. relatively self-explanatory, I suppose, when you look at yeah. the title. But sure. for those that have not listened to yes. the podcast yet, 
explain, explain the story behind yes. my so, dad wrote a porno. <laughs> so my dad wrote, wrote a, a porno. porno. He, but no, he was he was a builder uh, from Northern Ireland and he retired and got very, very bored. So went uh, to the garden shed and started to write an erotic novel <laughs> because he'd heard about Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah. which he calls Fifty Colours of Grey because he's Amazing. that much of a, of a thorough researcher of the medium <laughs> that he's about to <laughs> dedicate the rest of his life to. Um, and it's, it's awful. It's just the worst book ever. And then he, he sent it to me and I... Um, started reading it to the world with my oh, mates. Yeah. There's no nuance. There's no subtlety no. whatsoever. It is just like, it's like if a, I, I was going to say like a child, but no. Because <laughs> I hope not. It's, it's, it, and has he got a big head about it now? Does he feel like Mr. Famous? Oh, yeah. Well, he is kind of. People yeah, love right. him. Which is, the whole thing's kind of backfired, actually, because now people <laughs> actually really think he's a great writer, even though he's an awful writer. He's like a brilliantly bad writer. Yeah, and is he still going? Yes, um, I can't stop him. I just, literally he, can't stop him. Well, can, now that you're, can you help you're me stop feeding him? it, you don't want him to stop. <laughs> that's true, that's true, yeah, yeah. And what's he like in the hometown? Is he a bit of a god around? Oh, he is He is the legend uh, that, that always buys <laughs> everybody else drinks. Um do you know what? He actually keeps quite a low profile considering mm. he's uh, got this prolific life in pornography. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think mainly because my mum would kill him if, if uh, he went around with, you know, too much of a, of, a, of, a, of a big head. And does it mean that now they both open up more about their sex life? I don't think so, no. That's good. As you're reading <laughs> yeah. this book... Let's it, just keep it on yeah. the download. As you're reading this book when it gets sent to you, are you reading it going, like, hoping that it's all fantasy and this is inside his head or is any of this inspired by true events? Well, what's great about it is that it can't be because it's not physically possible most of what he writes about. <laughs> so actually, that was really, really fortunate. And my mum said, once she heard the first episode, she, says, she goes, well, at least I know he's never had an affair because uh, <laughs> he literally wouldn't have known what to do. Um, so no, luckily, it, it's all... I mean, I, I actually don't like using the F word, um, fantasies, but I guess they are, they are my dad's thoughts. Thoughts. Well, mm. uh, the My Dad Wrote a Porno World Tour is coming at the Sydney Opera House. Very fancy. I know, I know. How posh is that? So posh. Tickets are at mydadwroteaporno.com. Uh, what can people expect from the live show? Well, it's a brand new live show. We were here a few years ago, um, and it's, a, it's brand new stuff from Dad, because Dad just keeps writing loads and loads of shit. And it's getting absolutely, like, beyond crazy now. So we're going to read a whole load of it. We're going to use the audience to help us navigate through this kind of nice. yeah deluge of, of, of crap, basically. We're going to get people up on stage. It's going to be really, really fun. All have a bit of a drink. And, uh, yeah, just en- enjoy the world of Rocky Flintstone. Rocky Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> He's chosen that pseudonym for his, himself, Rocky hasn't Flintstone. he? Yeah. What a legend. Tickets are at mydadwroteaporno.com. Jamie Morton, thank you for your time, darling. Oh, thanks for having us. MC, do you know what a Roomba is? That's like one of those um, robotic uh, vacuum cleaners. Exactly. You can just press a button, leave, and it sort of just has sensors and bounces from wall to wall. Exactly. Well, a fella called Ryan Landy had a pretty crappy morning recently. <laughs> he tweeted, my new Roomba ran over my dog's shit and proceeded to clean the rest of my house. I'm going to need therapy. And I'm looking at the photos. <laughs> there is dog poo smeared. Like, I, I kind of get it. When we first got our dog and he was a puppy and he would sleep in the laundry. And, yeah. and, you know, so you go, you get up in the morning, you'd open the door and he'd be all happy. One morning I, I went to go get him and, and I've opened the laundry door. Didn't realise that he'd crapped right underneath the door. So as I've opened the door, I've smeared, smeared it. it all across the floor. <laughs> it's cute that he didn't need the door because in his mind that would have been like the closest thing to oh, it. It was heinous. It smelled like... It, it smelled like Burnt dog Satan's shit. head. And dog shit. No, you're right. But imagine that. Like, that's the entire floor covered. Everybody is talking about the final quarter. It aired on Channel 10 last night, of course, the documentary about 
the crazy abuse uh, suffered by Adam Goods over his career. He's an incredible footballer, an incredible Australian. MC, you watched it. You were really emotional. I saw on Instagram when I woke up this morning that it really kind of really spoke to you. And I don't know whether it's because, like, I grew up in a small country town in western New South Wales, which mm. had a large Aboriginal population. Yeah. Some of my best mates are Aboriginal. So, like, I've kind of been around this from day one, I have guess. Have you been around the tension? Like, have you, oh, yeah, people like uh, me, yeah. I grew up in the 100%. city and 100%. you don't see it. But this is something you live through. It's, it's happened. It ha- to say it doesn't happen is a complete and utter lie. So I, I watched this last night and maybe it's because I had a more personal connection to, to what goes on and, yeah. and how this affects people. But I watched it last night and I I thought I thought two things. Uh, I, I, sympathy, obviously. Yeah. And I'm sure many people felt that emotion. I, ju- I felt really sorry for him. Imagine someone said something to you yeah. that, that, that upset you to your core and was offensive to you and your culture and your people and, and you called it out and... and Every week at your job, 80,000 people turned up and they booed you. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Week that. after week after week after week. Yeah, and, and, the, this and was... the big moment was this this 13-year-old girl called him an ape on the sidelines mm-hmm. of a game. He called it, he just simply pointed her out. Pointed her out and said, this has happened, I want to move on. And then even his mother came out and said, he's blaming a kid, he's, you know, vilifying her, he's carrying on like a like a pork chop. And, he, said. and he didn't. Yeah. Uh, all he said was, was this is what happened and it's probably uh, a representation of the larger community yeah. and the larger problem. Racism has a face last night and, you know, it was a 13-year-old girl, but it's not her fault. I don't put any blame on her. Unfortunately, it's what she hears, not the environment that she's grown up in. And I mean, at the time, uh, the public, the crowds that were booing him and, and plenty of sections of the media basically were telling him to, to shut up yeah. and to suck it up, which I think is rich until you've walked a mile in someone like Adam Good's shoes or any Indigenous Australian yeah. shoes who, who personally have copped it from the day they were born. But, yeah. but as a race, they've copped it for you know, since Captain Cook arrived and the first fleet arrived on the shores of yeah. this country. It's so easy for us to sit back and just be like, oh, no, they need to get over it. But we actually have no idea. And I have I, no idea what that would be like. 100%. People leave me alone. I get to do what I want to do and they don't bring my culture into it ever. Like one of my good friends, uh, she's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And even now in 2019, sometimes when she's paired up with a client, that client will walk in, see the colour of her skin and go, oh, no, 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 I don't want a black lawyer. That's Disgraceful. And she's there to help them. That's her job. Yeah. So I you should felt, all watch this documentary, I think. Yeah. But, Absolutely. But to his credit, given what he had to put up with for so long, the fact that he stood tall, the fact that he never broke, yeah. his composure, he was, he was very so resilient, measured. was he? Exactly. And I just go, you know what? What I took away from this documentary is that we've been telling them how to think mm. and how to feel. And all the people on the doco last night were, were wealthy middle-aged white men yeah, telling a black man how he should think and how mm. he feel. And I just think that it's probably time to stop talking yeah, and maybe just time to listen. Absolutely time to listen. I will be watching the documentary tonight. We encourage everyone to do that because like you just said, it's time we all just shut up and listen, listen I think. exactly. Yeah. Miss any of Today FM Breakfast with Grant, Ed and Ash? Download the Today FM app and get the catch-up podcast now. Ladies and gentlemen. 104.1. Hello, good morning. How you doing? Today FM.
One thing I love about doing breakfast radio is you get to learn a lot about people. It really broadens your horizons. Nothing like, surprises exactly. you. Exactly. For instance, up until yesterday, I assumed that once people got to the age of about seven or eight, maybe ten at the latest, they did away with soft toys. Mm-hmm. Didn't you think that, MC? Yeah, uh, not the case. No. My partner's toy is actually a toy. It is a knitted teddy bear that I made for him. Its name's Tetley, <laughs> and it goes everywhere with him. Even when he goes to work, it goes in his carry-on How old is he, Gabby? He's 34. I mean, no judgment, guys, but 34 is pretty old to still be carrying around a, a soft toy. And that you. wasn't the only person that called up on the show yesterday to say their partner had a stuffed toy. I mean, I, I, I mean I've got Transformers on my desk. I'm yeah. a cool dude. I'm not going to judge too much. <laughs> but come on, 34 with a stuffed toy? Oh, we want to hear from you guys because obviously this is uh, it's an epidemic. Well, not an epidemic. That imp- that implies it's, it's still a safe zone. But it is it's kind of an zone. epidemic. No, There's you're right. No judgment. No. But we would like to find the oldest person that still has a toy. Can be you. It could be you or someone you know. Could be someone you know. If you call us, I'm assuming this is the perfect present for someone that could be in their 30s, 40s and 50s with stuffed toys. We've got family passes to see the Peppa Pig. (laughs) This could be right down your alley. If you're 45 and still have a teddy overnight, you're obviously a fan of the pig. Oldest person in Sydney with a stuffed toy. Have you got one? Do you know someone? 13, 10, 60. Or maybe you just want to make fun of your mate. That's perfect. cool too. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Make fun of them on Sydney <laughs> Breakfast Radio. We are talking about fully grown adults with plush toys because we've had a couple of calls over the past couple Heaps. of days with no, seemingly normal adult humans saying, yeah. yeah, I'll sleep with a toy. So we're looking for Sydney's oldest. Jess is up first in Penrith. How you going, Jess? Morning, good. My partner's 29 yeah. and he sleeps with six stuffed toys. Stop it, Jess. He does not. <laughs> <laughs> he often opts to cuddle them instead of me overnight. I was going to say, do you um, share the bed with him? Are you living together? And so there's you, him, and the six stuffed toys. Yes, that's correct. What kind of toys are we talking? Um, we've got a couple of teddies. We've got a dog and we've got a gorilla. Don't you think that's <laughs> weird, Jess? <laughs> Just a little bit, but he's very attached to them. He gets really upset if I throw them off the bed. And when, when things get a little hot and heavy, yeah. does he have to turn them away so they can't? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Good luck, Jess. Your thoughts and prayers with you. Sally is up next. She's a first timer. Thank you for calling through. Your, your, partner's, uh, you. your partner's got a plush toy. How old How old are No, they? no, 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 no. I have the plush toy. Oh, My partner gave me all the toy. so sorry. And um, how That's long have okay. you had it? I have had it for two and a half years. And if you don't mind me asking, how yeah, old you are this. you? Thank you. I'm 53. Do you think that's a bit old to be sleeping with a toy, Sally? No, I don't. I'm always, I'm, I'm just a big kid. Okay. That's I, cute. I, I, All right. I don't, I don't live with my partner. But okay. I, I, oh, well, that's I, nice I miss him then. I so it's, I understand too. that. That makes think sense of him Good on you, Sally. before bed. Shay's up next. Shay, who's the adult you know with a plush toy? My mum, Lee. And how old's old mate Lee? Mum has just turned 66 and she definitely still has stuffed toys in her bed or on her bed in her room. Has she always had them? very partial to them. Yes. Yep, always. What kind of toys are they? Still very partial to a stuffed toy. Oh, if she just sees something really cute like a gorgeous little owl with... That's or a puppy weird. dog eyes and, yeah, just not loves them. All right, Still well, I don't think we can beat 66. 66 is where but it's at. Diane, can you beat 66? Diane, can you beat Hi. 66? Hello, darling. Hey, I can, actually. My mum is 74. 
Um, she has well, she has a real cat that sleeps with her, but she also has a whole heap of stuffed cats that she brought over from America. Oh God! <laughs> does she like? Does she cuddle them, or do they just? Um, they sort of sit on a bookshelf, and just look at you know, her. yeah. How many? But are we I also, sorry. Oh God. Um, she had to actually make a bookshelf for them. Oh, for the stuffed cats, oh. there were that many of them. Yeah, no, that's totally yeah. normal. That's, that's and your mum's not a weirdo; normal. she's no, a normal no. lady. Uh, I think she's a bit manic. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just she's, a little she's bit. Full yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven thirty-four today, FM. You know when you hear a song, like a throwback Thursday song, and someone says that song is fifteen years old, and you go, "What? I'm so old." I've had this moment today when when we I found out that the tenth anniversary of the project is happening tonight. What happened? Ten years. Where is my life going? And the only remaining OG host of said show joins us, the one and only Carrie Bickmore. Hello, darling. It's a quarter of my life I've been on that show. Wow. Yes. I don't know if that's exciting or very depressing. No, it is exciting. If you'd spent a quarter of your life at home on the couch eating burgers, you could say that. I mean, pretty thrilling. (laughs) I like that you've timed your return of the show just in time for the huge celebration so you don't miss out on any of the parties, any of the backslaps, any of the job well done. You've done well. I planned that, yes. (laughs) Take me back. You know I like a party. I keep telling them all, I'll be the one still on the dance floor at 5am and they keep telling me the party shut-off time is midnight. I'm like, no, you think that's the shut-off time. That yeah. won't be the shut-off time. No, when the big dog decides it's time to go home, <laughs> we'll go. You do love to party, Carrie. I remember I my early days at those Channel 10 Logies after parties. You're always the last one to leave the DF. Oh, I love a dance. And because I think in my normal everyday life, it's very mundane. Yeah. All you need to give me is a glass of champagne and a dance floor. In fact, <laughs> to be fair, even when I was pregnant at the last Logies, the one the year before, without a glass of champagne, I was still the last on the dance floor. So I think it's just the music I need. Yeah. I get the music in me, baby, you know? It speaks like, to I'm your just, soul, you know, baby girl. Me, yeah. I hear that. Now, take me back to 10 years ago because I remember we knew you from like a bit of radio. We knew you from Rove. But this show has well and truly changed your life, hasn't it? Oh, 100%. Like, I remember when they asked me to do the job, and to be honest, no one really knew what the job was. So I remember I kept going, so sorry, so what is it? And they're like, what's this thing? It's like a news kind of entertainment thing, but with a bit of comedy. And I'm like, yeah, I would like some more specifics about what my job will be. <laughs> Does anyone my role know what they're doing? only ever to be sort of the newsreader on the side. It was never to be one of the main hosts. And then mm. as the week sort of evolved, I moved into the main hosting chair. So when I took the job, I, you know, I would have been happy to stay as the newsreader for the show, but to now think that I'm the last sort of the, the longest remaining um, host of the show, never would have thought that ever. Like, even during the audition phase, Charlie and I were just there to kind of help find hosts. So he was the what? comedian brought in every day, yeah. And I was the newsreader there every day at the end of the desk to kind of help find the two hosts for the show. And then on the very last day, they said, why don't you guys try hosting it together? Because wow. they always knew they wanted Husey. And they put the three of us together and then the rest is history. So, Oh, my gosh. Well, Husey said that after the first episode, he thought, our careers are over. Did you share the sentiment or did you do the first episode and go, oh, nailed it? Well, that. I kind of felt like I didn't, hadn't really had a career for it to be over, so I just thought my career <laughs> would never really begin now. Um, but, <clears throat> no, I was very worried. But I honestly think because we didn't have social media or anything like that, 
we knew we didn't we knew in our hearts it wasn't great, but we didn't have an onslaught of people <laughs> telling us how crap we were. No, seriously. I and I reckon understand. if we had social media, we wouldn't have got back out there the next day and kept being ourselves and kept being brave about it. We would yeah. have just all changed who we were. The network would have reacted and gone, Oh my god, this is a disaster. And instead they stuck by us and finally over, you know, a few months and years we sort of found our feet. So Do you know what would be the only way that could make it better for you? Is what? if you could wear on the project every night what you are currently wearing now. <laughs> Yeah, fess up, let everyone Look, you know. have crossed to me in my house at yeah. home, yep. so I'm wearing slippers and my <laughs> dressing gown, and I couldn't be comfier. And what's honest, right in so. front of your left hand, Carrie? Yeah, yeah. A uh, toilet roll. <laughs> I've run out of tissues, so I'm using toilet paper. You really are just every woman, and we love you for it, Carrie. Congratulations. Ten Thanks years support, of absolutely killing it and many more years to come. You're an absolute legend, darling. Mwah. Say hi to, I hope Grant gets better. Oh, yeah. Him and I were both on the Emodiums this week. Have you guys been kissing? Because, yeah, you've both been putting (laughs) diarrhea tablets on on Instagram. It's the thing to do. It's the latest trend. <laughs> Great. Just so. make yourself sick and want to cry every day. <laughs> the 10th and, and anniversary of the no, project. I hope he's okay. Tonight, 6.30 on Channel 10. Of course, catch you this afternoon as well here on Today. Bye. Bye, Bye well, Thank you. See ya. Can't get enough Today FM breakfast with Grant, Ed and Ash. Download the Today FM app and get the catch-up podcast now. Ladies and gentlemen. 104.1. Hello. Good morning. How you doing? Today FM. Ask me Me. anything. I got a question for you. I gotta ask you. Well, his memoir is entitled The Sun Does Shine, How I Found Life and Freedom on Death Row. The reason he was on death row, wrongfully convicted for the murder of two fast food restaurant managers, spending 30 years on death row before being exonerated. This is just heartbreaking, an incredible story. And the man himself, Anthony Ray Hinton, is on the phone now from Alabama. Hello, Anthony. Hello. How are you? We are so good. How are you? Where are you in the world? Are you at home? Are you chilling? I'm at home, and as we say in America, I'm just chilling. Chilling? <laughs> but not chilling like a villain, because we know now you are definitely not a villain. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, a lot of people, uh, especially in Australia, because in Australia we don't have the death sentence. So this is even more unfathomable. But tell the people listening how long you spent in jail for a crime you did not commit. I spent 30 long years in a five-by-seven in solitary confinement. And this isn't like a prison where, you know, you're allowed lots of luxuries. This is this is the prisons where the worst of the worst are there. What, what was it like? Uh, the only thing I had inside of my cell was a toilet and a bed that was mounted to the wall that was far too small mm. for me. Uh, there was no luxury. Uh, death row inmates is separated from our uh, general population. We are condemned to die. Uh, in America, they are saying you are the worst of the worst and the only thing fitting for you is death. Mm. And that's where I lived in pure hell. I didn't live on death row for 30 years. I lived in hell for 30 long years. Mm. And all you had, Anthony, was your mind and your thoughts and your imagination. How did you stop yourself and stop your mind from fixating on the injustice, from fixating on imminent death? Well, to be honest with you, for three years, once I uh, was sentenced to death, I didn't talk to another human being for three years. 
uh, not even my mother, not even my friend Lester. Uh, they would come see me, and I wouldn't speak. I wouldn't talk. Uh, I would just listen to them. And my mother thought I was sick or something. I uh, just couldn't fantasize talking to anyone. I couldn't believe what had happened to me. And so uh, I didn't know how long I was going to be there on death row. Uh, but after three years, I woke up to the sound of a grown man crying. And that seemed to put me back in reality. Uh, I asked him, uh, was anything wrong? And he told me that he had just got word that his mother passed. Mm. And I told him how sorry I was to hear that. And as I sit on this bunk bed, uh, I thought about at least my mother is still alive. Yeah. At least I'm alive. And at that moment, I decided that I would take my life back and I would tell my mind that I was free. I had the ability to go wherever I wanted to go. And believe it or not, of all the places in the world, the only person at that particular moment I wanted to see was Queen Elizabeth. And I fantasized by showing up at the palace and telling the guards that I was there to see the queen. And it just started from there. And I used my mind for the wow. good. Uh, after visiting the, the queen in my mind, I decided that I would play uh, professional baseball for the New York Yankees. I played basketball uh, for the New York Knicks. I won Wilmington five straight years in my mind. <laughs> and, and to this day, to this day, I haven't received my Rolex watch. Uh, still waiting. <laughs> yes, I'm still waiting on the UPS guy to come and say, we have a package for you. And I open it up, it's my Rolex watch. You know? And so I used my mind to escape the hell that I was in. And then I realized that I had the ability to do this for others. Mm. And I started a book club right there on death row. Uh, for men that never had read a book before. And I used this book to take their mind away from being in that cell, solitary confinement. And so that's how I survived 30 years of pure hell, just using my mind. That's amazing. And you mentioned your friend Lester, and I want you to tell people about him because he never, ever, ever gave up on you. He's the kind of best friend I think we all would wish, would dream of having. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Lester is a friend that. They don't come like Lester anymore, no, regardless of where you live, regardless of what country you're in. Uh, Lester and I have been friends for 59 years. And Lester and I don't always agree, but we never get angry with one another. We respect each other to have different opinions. But Lester was one, besides my mother, who believed in my innocence. And Lester came to see me 10,999 times wow. in that 30-year span. Lester did not miss one week, and once they changed the visit from every week to once a month, Lester came every month and to see me. And Lester wanted to make sure that I realized that I had somebody that uh, was besides me, that believed in me, and he wanted me to know that I wasn't alone. And so that meant everything to me. What Lester really did was show me what True friendship is about. Mm. He didn't ask me how I was doing. He came to see how I was doing. Yeah. And anything that they allow us to have, uh, Lester always said, don't ask nobody, call me, mm. and I will make sure whatever you've been allowed to have.
to you get it. And he did that for 30 years. So you spend near three decades in solitary confinement on death row. As you say, there's only a handful of people that believe that you're innocent, that you mm. didn't commit these crimes. And there's, no, and there's no evidence that you committed the crimes. So how does it get turned around? How does it go from being in a situation where nobody believes you're innocent to you are walking out free? Well, I came across a man by the name of Brian Stevenson of the Equal Justice Initiative in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh I had a lawyer that came from Boston, Massachusetts to uh, do my appeal, and it didn't work out. It didn't work out at, at all. He was trying to get me a life without parole. And I told him that I would prefer to die than to plead to life without parole. And I told him, I said, all of my life, my mother uh, taught me to believe and stand up for what I believe in. I'm willing to die for what I believe in. I told him that. Uh, I need a lawyer that is willing to go to jail for me if necessary. But more important, I need a lawyer that believes in me. And the fact that you're here trying to get me a life without parole mm. tells me that you don't believe in me. And so I fired that lawyer, and I wrote Equal Justice Initiative to Brian Stevenson. And I told Mr. Stevenson all I wanted him to do is consider becoming my lawyer. I said, but before you say yes or no, I just asked you to read my transcript. And if you find one thing in my transcript that points to my guilt, do not send me another lawyer. Do not become my lawyer. I am perfectly willing to die for something that I know I didn't do and God know I didn't do. And about five months later, I get a letter from Brian Stevenson saying that he would read my transcript. Uh, Three months later, uh, I get a letter saying that he would be down to see me. And as I like to tell people, it was a marriage made in heaven. <laughs> We've been together ever since. And that was 16 long years it took for him to finally win my freedom. Uh, I've been out four years. I still work for Brian Stevenson. I travel around the world, around any country that would have me. And I come and tell my story. What was the first? Because life had changed so much in 30 years and you hadn't seen any of it. So when you got out, did you recognize the world anymore? Oh, absolutely not. I I, I was like a kid. Uh, as we say in America, I was like a deer caught in uh, the headlights. Mm. I, I didn't know anything about cell phone. I didn't know anything about uh, modern technology. I didn't know anything about infrastructure that had it changed the way it had. Mm. Uh, the thing that scared me more than anything, uh, I got in my best friend Lester truck. And he got a nice Escalade. And uh, he asked me, he said, where is the first place you want to go? And I said, I want to go to where they laid my mother's body. I know she's not there, but I just want to know where they laid her body. Yeah. And I put on the seatbelt, and I thought he was trying to find a radio station. But actually, now I know he was putting in an address. The GPS. And as we were driving... As we were driving down the road, this white lady came on and said, in one-tenth of a mile, turn right. <laughs> and I jumped. And, and, and I jumped. I said, what the hell? And, and he looked at me, and he was laughing so hysterical. I said, there's a white lady back there. <laughs> and, and I was afraid to look back there. Oh. And I'm thinking, what did this white lady do? In what, how did she get in this car? I know for a fact that the only two of us got in this car. And I looked over there trying to point back to him and let him know it was a white lady in his car. 
and he couldn't take it anymore. He pulled over to the right, and he said, there's no white lady back there. She's in here. And I said, how the hell she get in there? And he said, this is what we call a GPS track. He said, all I have to do is point you in the address, and she'll tell us exactly where to go, where to turn, and how to get there. That's incredible. Uh, because I, I didn't know anything about GPS. Mm. Uh, when I went to prison, uh, if you got lost, you always found a filling station, and they would put you on the right road. We so are- I came out to a world uh, that you could put a telephone inside your pocket. Wow. And you can do uh, email, you can text, you can take pictures, uh, you can download this phone that I came out to, I'm still having trouble to this day, <laughs> running all the, the ifs and ands about this phone. But uh, they don't teach you and train you for prison uh, after 30 years because they don't think you're ever going to return. And so mm-hmm. I just had to uh, relearn everything over again, yeah. everything. Talking to Anthony Ray Hinton, who was wrongly jailed for nearly three decades for the murder of two people that he did not commit, you would listen to this and you'd go, surely this, you know, this only happens every now and then. But the scariest statistic about all of this is since 1973, 152 people have found to be wrongly imprisoned for someone's murder. That's, and they're just that's... the ones that have been exonerated, exactly. Anthony. Is... There'd be many, many more people yeah. on death row who are innocent, right? Well, absolutely. Uh, I, I believe with every fiber in my being, I left at least five innocent oh. men on death row. Can I, can I ask, Anthony, are, are they men of color? Do you believe that generally black every people? Them, oh, far out. Every, every one of them was a man of color. But let me, let me, let me be honest with you. Uh, here in America, uh, if you're white and rich, they treat you better if you're guilty. Mm. If you're black and poor, they treat you uh, worse if you're innocent. Yeah. Uh, the prosecutor that prosecuted me, uh, when he prosecuted me and they sentenced me to death, he said, we didn't get the right today, but at least we got a off the street. Oh. How do you not be angry now, Anthony? How do you, you, how do like you forgive? Guy, how do you forgive? Yeah. Well, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I got rid of that anger while I was uh, in uh, that five-by-seven cell. I looked in the mirror one day, and I didn't like the person that I was becoming. I've always believed in laughter. I believe that laughter is good for the soul. I believe laughter is what the world needs regardless of where you live. We need more laughter in the Mm. world. But I got rid of this uh, hatred that I had for these white men that got together and plotted up it, sent me to death, and had every intention of killing me for a crime they knew that I didn't commit. But here's the problem. They took 30 years from me, and there was nothing I could do about that. But I don't have to get in one day mm. or anything else. And I choose joy. I choose happiness over hatred. And I believe that one day they will give an account for what they did to me. My, my human being spirit tells me to love everybody and try to treat everybody with the respect that my mother brought me up to do. So forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about you. Amen. And I go to bed every night. Every night I go to bed and I feel good about who I am and what I am. I know I go to bed with a clean heart and a clean conscience. And so that's what why I did it. And I just don't have time to waste any more time uh, hating these men that did this to me. Uh, they one day will suffer the consequence for what they did. My Amen. job is to love and to 
uh, be a leader and show people that although we uh, was born into hatred, I truly believe the only way you cure hate is by love. Well, there's a, a, a message for all of us, Anthony, to really not waste even one second of precious life. Um, you're an incredible human being. You are, you. I can't even imagine what you've been through, but it's wonderful to hear you speak with such love and such joy and hope for your future. So we wish you all the best, and we do thank you for having a chat to us today, Anthony Ray Hinton. Thank you so much for having me. Give everyone in Australia a big old hello for me. We will do. See you, Anthony. Thank you. All right. Take care. If you are a fan of RMB Fridays, and let's be honest, everybody absolutely is, Obviously. you must keep it here because Monday morning we have huge I want to say it now. Friday. I'm no, the, head- no. I'm the headliner. I'm the headliner. Wiggity, wiggity, whack. It's Ash London. Welcome to RMB Friday. I said it. I said we don't need to make the announcement on Monday. I'm the headliner. You're welcome. I mean, that's exciting news, but there's bigger news than that. That's on Monday Impossible. Hey, it's been a big day for movie trailers today. The new, I didn't even know a new Top Gun film yep. was coming out, but it is. What's it going to be about, by the way? Well, I watched the trailer and it's all about how Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise's character um, is still just being a badass. And uh, how he, he's not an admiral yet, he's still a captain. Okay. He's, a maverick. He's, he's a maverick. He's a maverick. By name, by nature. Exactly, right. So um, Top Gun and I, it's not that I don't care about Top Gun, but I don't care about Top Gun. Okay, get ready. Because more importantly, Cats is coming out. That's Jennifer Hudson. Oh, God. She has got a set of pipes. Oh, my Lord. Taylor Swift's in it. James Corden's in it. Judy Dench is in it. But you know who the most exciting member of the cast of Cats is? Jason Derulo. (laughs) JDR. I can't wait. If you haven't seen the trailers, by the way, we'll stick them up so you can check it out. They don't have genitals? It's like they're peeped. Oh, it's like they're like a Ken doll. Yeah, but like just flat on the penis bits. They've just got a mound. Do we have to track, track? It's a song that we invented live on air once that's stuck around. We've got so many songs in our system, tens of thousands. Mm Your job is to think of a song that we know. Just unbuttoning the jacket. Have. Just so I'm ready for this. All right, this is the hard yeah. bit for MC because right. he's got to find all the songs real quick. I'm ready. Rachel in Blacktown, do you reckon you can stump the system? I hope so. All right, what's the song? Uh, Jeanne's group thing. Oh, I reckon we've definitely got that. What a song, though. I've heard this in quite some time, to be honest. Great suggestion. Thanks for suggesting it, Rachel. We got Jeanne. We got Sandy and Blackers. How you going, Sandy? Good, how are you? Good, good. Have you got a song that don't belong? I'm thinking Star Hotel from Cold Chisel. Oh, you mean... Uh, yeah, written, written about the Star Hotel in yeah. Newcastle where they first started playing. Yeah. See, what a lot of people don't know, and I don't know if Triple M realised this, but I've actually got access to some of their music. Oh, <gasps> no, that's but, cheating. Yeah. Nah, it's not yeah, cheating. Yeah. Everyone loves a bit of cold chisel. Yeah, Australia. Patricia, Harris Park, so far no one can stump us. Have you got a song that don't belong? Uh... No mercy, please don't go. Oh, I love this song because people think of where, where do, you do you go, go? as the no yeah. mercy song, but there's also please don't go. We... Okay, so oh, MC, come on, we've got to have it. We've got where do you go? Yeah, we've got when I die. Yeah, 
Are we we sh- don't have it. Wait, wait, wait. Are we sure that Please Don't Go is by No Mercy? Do you mean this one is like, baby, please don't go. Please don't go. Hang on, let's... Please don't go. Do I, do I get rid of the celebratory music for just a <laughs> yeah, second? Yeah, get rid of... Search for just please don't go, because I've got a feeling maybe it's not No Mercy. I mean, I don't want to be a, a shtickler for the rules. Wait, are, are, there, are we getting a thumbs up from the producers here? Yeah. Patricia, you've stumped the system. Congratulations. Okay. Music's back. Yay. Yay. Which means <laughs> we've got a family pass to the Peppa Pig show this weekend and some invites to head off to Chicago the Musical. Awesome. Well done, Patricia. I genuinely thought we would have to have that song. Yeah. You've stumped us. Have a wonderful well weekend, I darling. I having it on cassette. Oh, <laughs> 906 Today FM Breakfast. Can't get enough Today FM Breakfast with Grant, Ed and Ash. Download the Today FM app and get the catch-up podcast now. Ladies and gentlemen. 104.1. Hello, good morning. How you doing? Today FM